Again, in case you're listening to this in some weird order, this is part two of the Hellraiser Halloween episode. So this part is Halloween ends. It's cheer. And this is loathing. We're here to talk to you about movies. She She loves loves everything. I hate everything. This should be fun. This is a morbidly beautiful podcast. Well, you said you weren't prepared to do intro, so I'll continue the intro with this one as well, if you if you want. Uh, all right, sure, sure, yeah. All right, yeah. So, uh, Halloween ends came out like two days ago, uh, and it uh, didn't do well. Forty uh, percent and fifty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The critical consensus is Halloween ends for now, anyway, with a frequently befuddling installment that is that stabbed, slashed, and beaten by a series of frustrating missed opportunities. And I take it you vehemently disagree with that statement. <laughs> well, this one's going to be a tough one. Um, I mean, I have, this is one, you're like, we could talk for hours. I could literally go for like a three hour, I could write a thesis, college thesis on my thoughts around this film and the reaction to it. And you'd probably get an F uh, on it. Obviously, I'm going to boil wrong. it down for you. Um, <laughs> but, all right, so I saw it, um, I saw it in an early screening Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, packed theater, really enthusiastic crowd. Um, and I feel like it has a, it had a similar film fest vibe to me where it's like, I often watch these films with like a great audience who's like super enthusiastic and it's like really like you get all the great crowd reactions that you want. You get like the laughter and the gasps and the screams and the like, Oh my God. And all that shit. And when I'm watching a film in that environment, I'm like, Holy shit. Like this is fucking landing. Like people are eating this shit up. Like they love it. And I'm, you know, I'm giddy. And in that like heightened state of enthusiasm, I'm like, loving every minute of it and I'm surrounded by an audience who's like super excited and I walk out of there thinking like fuck yes you know like (laughs) (laughs) this I can't wait I can't wait for like I immediately 100% fucking Rotten Tomatoes score I did not expect 100% Rotten Tomatoes score but I was like people are gonna be really excited about this right Mm-hmm. And then, and, 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 and I literally, and sometimes I think I might be insane and don't say anything, but I'm like, I literally was like, I, I was expecting something completely different than what I got. When the actual feedback started coming in, once people could see it either in the theaters or on Peacock, I was like, and I started to see the reactions on social media and the discourse around this film. I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, what planet am I on? What movie did these people watch? What in the hell? And it's not even that people were like, yeah, I didn't love it, you know, or it didn't land for me, or it wasn't my favorite, you know, like, that kind of shit you expect. It's normal. Um, we all have different opinions, as this podcast proves. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that. It was, <laughs> it was <not> vitriolic. <laughs> yeah. It was like... Oh my God, this movie has ruined my life. It has committed crimes against humanity. I am on the verge of suicide because of how traumatic this movie watching experience was. Like, it was like a level of extreme hatred mm-hmm. that I did not see coming from a while, right? And I was like, <laughs> well, you what is though. happening right now? Like, what is happening right now? I don't understand. Even in my review, I mean, the filmmakers themselves came out and said, listen, this movie is going to piss some people off. Like, it's going to be polarizing. It isn't, it is going to be challenging. Like, so they, they weren't ignorant. They went in knowing like, okay, like we're making some choices here that aren't going to land with everyone. And I wrote in my review, I was like, that I did expect that there was going to be some polarizing thoughts around it um, because of the direction it went, right? It's, it's unexpected. But yeah, I wasn't expecting the passionate hate that this film has gotten. Um, Not only was I not expecting it, but I don't get it. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, um, I I think it's 
not so much. I know people are like, film is garbage, which I always have a problem because, you know me, I'm like, say that the film didn't work for you, but to say it's garbage when it's a well-made, competent film is is super insulting and I hate it. But let that aside, um, I, I, I think what happened is not that the film is bad, but that it wasn't what people expected it to be. And people really have a problem with having their um, expectations subverted. Um, so that's my little, my little lead up intro to where I'm at mentally with this film. Um, I, I have a lot of like points of defense for it, but um, before we get into that, uh, let's let you talk about your overall reaction and where you stand with it. Well, first off, I think you should have seen <clears throat> all this uh this shit coming because Halloween Kills was when it came out, same sort of shit. People were like, I either loved it or I fucking hated it. One or the other. Uh there was very little middle ground with Halloween Kills. Um so you should have seen it coming. Even before this was released, you should have saw that coming. My thoughts on this movie. How do the I, dramatic pauses are kind of killing me because I'm like, oh god, I just I don't know how to like phrase this other than what a colossal letdown. Mm-hmm. Not that the movie was garbage, not that it was a terribly shot movie, is even the premise wasn't that bad. The spot in which they decided to use it was fucking atrocious, and it was a disgrace to the previous two movies. This was, and I get, like, what they're trying to do. Totally do. I appreciate what they're trying to do. It was the wrong time to do it. You do not build up 40 years of lore and movies and fandom and everything to throw it out the fucking window on the last movie. This movie should have been nothing but a send-off to Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. That is it. It was a simple premise that they had to follow, and they didn't do it. And that pisses me off more than most movies I've seen in a long time. Again, I appreciate what they tried to do with the whole evils of virus and spread it and it can spread through people and it spreads through a community and it can ruin lives and blah, 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 blah. Get it. Appreciate it. Super cool concept. Wrong place. Wrong fucking time. If they were going to do that, they should have done it in the first movie, not the last. So, this is... Again, this is going to be a tough one because I actually think this film lends itself really well to a lot of, and before you were, before you get nervous, I'm not going to provide in-depth analysis in an extensive way. But I do think if we were a different show and we had more time and, you know, <coughs> we, uh, you weren't going to kill yourself if I did it, um, <laughs> I, I think this film really lends itself to a lot of in-depth discussion. Um, short of all that, let me say a couple things. First of all, while I was having, so initially when all of the people were like losing their shit on social media, you know, my initial reaction, I'm very, I think people know this, this franchise is extremely near and dear to my heart. Same here. Uh, more precious to me than any anything else in the mm-hmm. genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween, the original, is my favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. It's the film that made me fall in love with horror. I it will mm-hmm. forever hold a sacred space in my heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, so everything I'm going to say is coming from the perspective of somebody who is obsessed with this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally, you know, when people had these like violent reactions i i sort of took it personally like it 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 hits in a really significant place in my heart where i'm like oh god like i want people to love this film the way that i think like david gordon green wants people to love this film like i feel 
very connected and very invested in its success and in in other people who love this franchise as much as I do having an experience similar to what I have. So it was a little bit heartbreaking. I was like, God damn it, like this is really fucked up. Then, like, as I processed those feelings, I took a step back and I was like, you know what? Like, I, I don't love that there's so much hate, you know, and that it's so polarizing. But also, I feel like we have to, regardless of kind of how we feel about the execution of that film, give the filmmakers some fucking credit because to have a film generate that much passion and that much response and that much heated discourse and people on either sides of the fence say either saying like you guys are fucking crazy this is brilliant um and the people saying like no they just like totally like destroy the franchise and you know it's never going to be repaired like those extremes and that level like every time you know I posted a lot on social I don't know if you've I know you follow, but I'm not sure how much you see, but there's a lot of, like, stuff about this movie, um, and every time I did, like, there's so much, and people, this is fucking Instagram, like, nobody ever comments, nobody interacts, it's, like, sometimes, <laughs> like, a dead zone, Yeah. and this was one of those rare cases where people, like, did, like, and it's funny, because it's, like, you do something that people like, and they tend to not say shit, but then you say, do something people don't like, and, oh my gosh, they are very excited about letting you know mm-hmm. so a lot of commentary and people would come on and say you know i would say something positive about it they would basically say that i was like you know gonna burn in hell for my opinion <laughs> and then other people would like up to my defense and say like no you're crazy like this is brilliant um but that level of passion and dialogue at a minimum says that they did something right they have got us talking about it They've got us thinking about it. They've got us arguing about it. And had they done what a lot of these haters said they wanted, which is like, just give me the original and just give all I want to see. The only thing I want on my fucking screen for two hours is Michael and Lori, like cat and mouse chasing and having and like duking it out. That is, you give me one more thing that's not fucking that and I'm going to kill you. And had they done that, First of all, it's exactly what we talked about. It would have been like, okay, well, I mean, this is this is exactly like Halloween 78, except not as good, and it's fucking derivative and lazy and boring, and what a disappointing way to end the franchise. And because they didn't do that, because they were like, you know what? Like, we know this going in. Like, we know we cannot be... We cannot be Halloween 78. Nobody can. I'm sorry. It's just, it's impossible. Um, We're not going to try. We're going to do something different. And we're going to, like, subvert all your expectations. And, um, you know, you're either going to love it or hate it. And that's just how it is. And this is what we're doing. I, I think it's a ballsy as hell thing to do. And I think it was actually, like, pretty fucking smart. And I do think, I really believe in my heart of hearts, that this is going to get a critical reevaluation in down the road. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think at some point it's going to get the Halloween three treatment and we're going to go back and be like, okay, now that we have some distance from our emotions uh, at the time and our expectations, we can see how smart what they were trying to do is. But obviously right now it's a little bit too, you know, um, emotions are too raw and we can't, we can't see it. Um, but it's like the exact same re- reaction Halloween three got because People were like, what the actual fuck? Where's Michael Myers? And they lost their shit and couldn't even evaluate the film on substance or merit or anything because the only thing they could think about is that it wasn't what they wanted it to be. And then John Carpenter was forced to um, give up his kind of idea idea and vision for the franchise, which is hilarious because people are like, oh, this is a bastardization of John Carpenter's vision. His original vision was what we got with Halloween 3. He wanted to create a an anthology series. He wanted to do something different and have different killers and different storylines that all existed in the same universe, but that were different. And the studio forced him to do Halloween 4, bring Michael Myers back, go back to the formula. And he was really pissed off about it. Like, he was really, really upset, even though Halloween 4 was a huge hit, um, because that wasn't his vision. And so it's interesting when filmmakers do something similar where they're like, listen, we want, we have a different vision for this. And people are like, fuck you. 
how dare you like you are not honoring the sacred memory of John Carpenter when actually John Carpenter is incredibly involved in this, like very hands-on and very supportive and excited about this idea. And it's very true to his vision. I'm going to take a breath now and stop. I'm sorry. I I told myself I wasn't going to do this, but I get very (laughs) passionate and worked up. So, (laughs) all right. Um, So I, you said that, you know, 78 and the Halloween franchise as a whole is very near and dear to you. And, you wanted this to succeed because you love it so much and which is fair, but isn't it also fair to say that people who love it as much as you do have every right to be angry at this last film? Well, sure. Everyone has a right to feel how they need to feel. Like I'm not saying anybody is. And I guess that's somewhat the difference is that I wouldn't say people are wrong for feeling how they feel. Although people do tell me I'm wrong for feeling how I feel. Like, I feel like the haters are very much like, Oh, no, it's objectively bad. It's just garbage. That's a fact. I got that on a, a comment on an Instagram post. They were like, um, yeah, it's just a fact that this is garbage. I'm like, it's a fact? It's an objective, like, <laughs> provable fact that it's a garbage film? Is that what we're saying here? I would never, never say that. Um, even if I thought a film was brilliant, I'm not going to say it's an absolute fact that this is the best film ever made and that you're fucking wrong if you don't think so. Now, I might passionately argue why I think it deserves that status. Um, But yeah, people, no, people have every right to feel how they feel. I don't think that a lot of the discourse is completely fair and objective and thoughtful. And a lot of the criticisms I've heard, and this isn't, this isn't across the board. There's been some really like very valid arguments about why this film missed the mark. But a lot of what I've heard is not so much, Here's why the film is bad um, for reasons that would make any film bad. It's basically here's why the film disappointed me and didn't live up to my expectations, which again is fair. Like, you know, it's always hard when you expect one thing and you want one thing and you don't get it. Like disappointment is a normal human reaction. Um, But I, I, I just, I guess I would argue that just because it wasn't what you wanted or think you want doesn't make it a bad film and it doesn't make it a failure in and of itself it just means that like that wasn't what you wanted to see on the big screen but like it's what I guess my point is that like Halloween Kills you mentioned that had the same like polarization because some people all they want to see in a Halloween film is and this is why I think a lot of people are pissed off about ends is they just want to see fucking Michael Myers rampaging through the town, savaging everyone in his path, just brutally murdering people left and right for no reason whatsoever. And that is all they want, and that is fucking gold. And that's what kills gave you. And so a lot of people either either if you're in that camp, you're like, fuck yes. But if you're somebody who wanted something a little bit more substantial or you really care about the character development or it was very important for you to see um, Lori in a very significant role, you know, depending on what your expectations were, you were disappointed by that film. And it's the same thing here. It doesn't mean a film is bad. It just means it's not what you wanted. But the thing is, is that it is impossible to give everyone what they want. And a filmmaker's job isn't to give you what you want. A filmmaker's job is to bring their vision to the screen and hope it resonates with you. Taking another pause. <laughs> so on that last point, mm-hmm. where it, it's the filmmaker's job to bring them, bring people their vision. Yes and no. I agree with that to an extent. Uh, I agree that you shouldn't do something for, to please a whole bunch of people. But, but, there are some exceptions to that rule. This happens to be one of those exceptions. First off, this isn't David Gordon Green's franchise. This isn't his. And, and it's, it falls into almost the Star Wars uh, argument is where it's like, yeah, it's George Lucas's vision, it's George Lucas's story, but it's gotten to a point where it's almost owned by the people. Uh, they... God help us all. So, in, in a sense, by doing what they did with Halloween ends, they spit in the face of a lot of Halloween fans. And it feels almost like that was their intention. They knew 
going into this. Everybody involved knew going into this that people had as good or bad as you want to argue it to be expectations for this movie. And they knew that it's not like they were ignorant to the fact that people were expecting a certain thing out of this movie. And I don't know how much control they had over the marketing, but the marketing was all Michael Myers versus Laurie Strode. That was basically every trailer was the last five minutes of this movie. That's what they showed. That's what they gave the expectation to be. Marketing is a whole different animal and marketing is intentionally speaking to somebody who does this for a living. I mean, it's manipulation, right? It is like, well, then it is trying to predict what people want and feeding that up to them so that they will, they will buy. That is a fault. I think you can blame the filmmakers for that. Well, but it's still a fault of the movie, whether it's a fault of the fran- the, the, the filmmakers, marketing, studio, whatever. It's a fault in the movie. You can't argue that. It's not if that's what they're trying to present and that's not what you got. I I would argue that you did get it. You just got it y- yeah, served up to you differently. No. Okay. Did we really... Listen, This it's the same, it's the same thing as I, we talked about in Hellraiser with the, the Cenobites. Because you reserve the like the very juiciest thing that people care about the most for you know the very end, like it's it's you're building up to it and you're making it more precious. Like we could not have mm-hmm. seen two hours of that. Like people are like, it wasn't long enough. I'm like, how fucking long could it have actually been? Like an, an actual showdown, a physical confrontation. It, it's you can't you can't prolong that and and just because it was a yeah, small but part ignoring of the film doesn't it, mean it had any less impact no but ignoring it for an hour and 47 minutes of the hour and 51 minute runtime is not the way to go about it i don't think they ignored it i think they built up it was up ignored to it. no it, no there was no build up there, like i can there was okay yeah. so okay okay we, we, i got to touch on this before i forget about it as well uh, okay, you mentioned like let, let's not um, rehash the original. You know, like you can't mm-hmm. compete with seventy eight. So change it, do something different. For all that, what they did, how many fucking scenes were almost shot for shot recreations of scenes from the very first movie from nineteen seventy eight? Well, this is what I was gonna bring up because you were like, it's very disrespectful to the fans and it doesn't uh, yeah, but, honor. But but the placating the, the fans by having somebody stuck to the wall like they did in the original. That's not the homage we're looking for that's not what i wanted i didn't want that that's not part of the, what i, I want I to go see the movie scene. for i fucking ate that shit up when but when i've seen it before so i don't fucking care about it yeah, don't care i've seen it done it been there done that so i guess this by is recreating why, this the is kills but you, but recreating the kills does not recreate the magic of the first one and i know and, fans make me bananas because it's like if they if they try to, if they do um, nods or homages or references to the original as a way to say, like, look, like, we love this property, too. And, and the, the, the heart and soul of this, um, of what Halloween is about is infused in this story, right? If, if you do things to try to, like, communicate that to the fans, um then you're like, oh, fuck, we've seen it, blah, blah, blah. But if you, But if you deviate from the quote-unquote formula that everybody's expecting, then people are like, fuck you. All we wanted to see was, like, <clears throat> Michael, Chase, and Lori the entire time. I'm like, that's exactly what fucking 78 was. So what do you want? Do you want different or do you want the same? I don't understand if people. If you would let me talk, I can explain. I talk. I'm sorry. I've said like eight words and you interrupt with all this shit. This, it's not true. I know. I you're was, very passionate about how this movie was and how it was shot okay, and how much I'll you loved it and all that. Ten minutes. So what those things felt like, what those little nods where the, he, where she looks out the window and sees him standing behind the bushes and with the fucking knife and the mask that looks exactly like the fucking mask from when Myers was a kid in 78. All those things. They feel like, you know when companies tweet at people being like, oh, what's your favorite topping on pizza? That's what those felt like. They felt like a very 
company like, oh, you know what? Let's show that we are in the know. We are hip and young with the youths out there. That's what those felt like. They they pissed me off more than anything. Uh, and in terms of wanting the same, I didn't want the same. I didn't want 1978. But I wanted a movie that had 40 years. We've gone over this. 40 years of Michael Myers, Laurie Strode, and Haddonfield. Haddonfield's as much of a character as anybody else in these movies. We got Haddonfield, sure. We got to see what Haddonfield evolved into or devolved into because of the carnage Michael Myers wrought. It's an injustice to build up to all that, to have these previous two movies, to say we're going to reinvent the wheel and we're going to ignore everything but the very first movie and then have Michael Myers in it for 45 fucking seconds. Not to mention the plot holes that are accompanied with all those little changes that they made. Like, can we talk about for a second, and I'm sure you have some deep insight into this, why did he spare Corey? Legitimate question. Do you, do you want me to talk now? Because I feel a little bit, a little bit nervous. I, I just need to know why, in the plot sense, he spared Corey. I want to know what you think, because I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but I need to hear it before I jump to any conclusions. Oh, God, I feel like, so now I feel like I'm walking into a trap. I'm being you set are. up to you're say what you want walking. me to say yeah. so that you can be like, yeah, you're fucking <clears throat> stupid, and here's why. Um, I mean, in my, in my personal opinion, I felt it had to do with, um, I mean, because this film is setting up that Basically, evil's a virus and it can you, spread. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I understand so that. Michael I didn't Myers miss is that, really not. Very... You know, he's he's basically a vessel for this evil, yes. and the, the he, human himself is not evil. Yes. Yeah, and he's Understood. still a human, but when he dies, then that evil will. I mean, they it was pretty heavy handed at the end. That evil will change shape, and I mean, it's basically their way of saying like this franchise is not dead. Like this storyline is dead, but this evil will continue. Right. And basically, whoever. You know, Michael Michael Myers was just a man, but his the idea of Michael Myers will will transfer into somebody else. Yes, I think it's because um, you know when he evil senses evil, and when he connected with Corey, um, he was able to like see the darkness within him and his receptiveness to kind of being infected by that evil mm-hmm. and being able to kind of carry out this like legacy. Okay, that's exactly what I thought you were going to say. Okay, and now tell me why I'm a fucking idiot. Because I can't wait. If if all it takes is an accidental death to make Michael Myers sympathize with you or see the evil within you, even though throughout the entire movie everybody said, "Oh, Corey, he was a good kid. He didn't have an ounce of evil in him. He was," and that that changed him. That made him a different person. So by that logic, if we ignore all the sequels, except you know we take just this canon the the first movie and these these final three movies. Michael Myers has killed, what, 25 people between the three, four movies? Somewhere in there? Ballpark it? So you're telling me nobody has ever accidentally killed somebody. Nobody's ever had a DUI and accidentally ran a run light. Nobody's ever spun out while driving their car, flipped a curb, and hit a kid. Uh, how about the doctor from the very first movie, who was very clearly an evil motherfucker? Why didn't he transfer then? Why Why do we skip all these people? Why is this is this one kid who magically now is evil because he accidentally killed somebody a few years prior, however long ago it was? Why? That's one of the... That is like Batman fucking uh, Dark Knight Returns level plot holes. You could fly an airplane and land six fucking spaceships in that plot hole. Okay. Let me, let me address that if, if I may. Okay. So tell me why this kid is more evil than the doctor from the first one, for example. Okay. I think you're, I think that was a gross up oversimplification. I don't oh. think it is, okay. listen, it is not about like, oh, he actually killed somebody. So that's the, that's the magic sauce. It's, it's, you know, it's, it has to do like, let's think about serial killers. Like there is, nobody knows what makes a serial killer. And there is lots of school of thought on that and there it's usually people usually land that it's some combination of nurture and nature mm-hmm. 
it's nothing in a vacuum, right? It's all the elements have to, it's basically like how the earth was formed. And you think about like how, like if one tiny little detail was different, like we wouldn't be here and like kind of how miraculous that is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar. It's like all everything has to work in concert and it has to be just the right recipe to create a serial killer. And not everybody, like generally speaking, most serial killers grew up in really fucked up families and shitty home lives, but not everybody that grew up in a fucked up family and shitty home life is a serial killer, obviously. Right. Yes. Um, so, you know, there's some some level of, and they reference this in Halloween. They're like, oh, did did the town do this to him or was he always this way? It's the question of nature versus nurture. It's like, was he already, did he already have something in his brain that was predisposed to this sort of darkness? And then he had this like tragic event and then you piled on the way that the town treated him after the event and the sort of like compounded trauma. And I think it's just like, it's going to be a very, very, very rare situation where people are, like, there can be plenty of pissed off people, plenty of people that are like, God, I want to burn this fucking town down. I mean, they even, they even like, sort of reference that Allison has that vibe where she's like, burn it down, you know, because she's traumatized and she's angry, but she's not a fucking serial killer. She's not Michael Myers. She doesn't have whatever that, that it thing is that makes somebody snap and go over the edge and be predisposed to this level of darkness okay so i think that that is a flawed thing to be like oh i mean surely he's no met it's people no no, like, no 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 if you if my logic is flawed them. your logic is flawed on that too because there are plenty like you Second. can't say that you can't say I that can't say that why you can't, can't i say that because you don't know that this kid had this darkness in him because it's never alluded to at all before he has an interaction I, with michael myers i know because that's that's like how it's presented it's like how is that presented give is... me one example of that being presented dear god give me one when I when mean, is it was... when do you think that at any point in this movie that this guy is capable of michael myers level of evil well i mean i think <laughs> obviously it's not presented at all okay allison has anyway. more fucking potential lori has more potential my point is you can't say just because it, it's not, this is my point. It is not, like, just take it out of the Halloween universe and take it into real life. It is not a... But it's not real life. It's, it's the Halloween it's universe. It's not black and white. But it it's, is. It's a Halloween, it's a movie. It's not real life. That's what I'm trying to say here. I they're, know, they're, but they're, they're, they're breaking the established canon. Part of what's made Halloween so brilliant over, like, so beloved all these years is it does ground itself somewhat in reality. Now, I get there's a supernatural element and there's like, oh, he's an unkillable monster and stuff. But for the most part, it's very grounded in reality. And this is not unrealistic to say there is no formula on paper that says if you have X, Y, and Z, you are going to become a monster. That's what I said. Like, experts, they've studied these for years, people who are very smart, don't exactly know what makes people kill we we haven't figured it out we have some ideas about a, f- a combination of factors that predispose you to this but we don't know and obviously a lot of people have these factors that don't go around killing everyone so what is it that what is the thing that makes the perfect killer we don't know and that's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying like it doesn't it's not a it's not a matter of like oh did you have trauma are you angry did you have a shitty childhood did you survive something it's not you can't just check off a box and be like okay cool you should be the next michael myers it's like it is the magic combination of all the things that and and a predisposition to be able to be pushed over the edge and snap in this way a lot of people are pushed over the edge and they just kill themselves what makes a person get pushed over the edge and want to kill everybody else around them that's the thing that's unknown in reality and can be unknown in the Halloween universe and not be completely a plot hole and ridiculous because if it can happen in real life, it's not a plot hole. It's just a, it's just a, a relatable thing. But evil's not transferred like a virus in real life. I, I don't know. I would argue. I, I would. I would argue that we can. I mean, metaphorically. Oh my I God. Would We're not talking metaphorically because the movie's not talking about evil is contagious. I mean, if you just look at historic history and you look at like things like mob mentality and you look at like the Nazi regime and things like that, it's like that's evil different. can be that's following orders can be for your life. 
Because you know what happens if, if a Nazi didn't shoot what? a Jew? They got shot. There's a difference between compliance and evil spreading. Well... This is evil spreading. Nazi regime is 90% compliance. We're we're not going to get into a big historical debate, but like I live in America right now and I'm seeing the, the way that, the way that what I would consider evil is sort of spreading in this country and we aren't under threat of like being killed if we disagree with something. So I, and I look at social media as a pretty good example of like what happens when, you know, there's like this, uh, you know, community that feeds on itself and this sort of like toxic toxicity, which is a little bit, I mean, evil is sort of this abstract term, but certainly like negativity and like hostility and like, you know, safety in numbers and anger and mob mentality and all that stuff is very real and very prevalent. So I think that there's definitely a case to be made for how evil, again, a pretty abstract term, but how evil can be, uh, a virus or perceived as a virus perceived as a virus see the difference between like the political views and stuff that you're talking about with with how shit is spreading like that and say is those people were already like that they're just more vocal about it now it, behind closed doors they were already racist they were already violent they were already this out of the other it's just somebody gave them a platform to make that seem like it's okay they weren't it, again, it's a movie, so you can't obviously translate it from real life to the movie and vice versa. It just, it felt wrong. It felt like, has Michael Myers never come across this, or the evil that lives within Michael Myers has never come across this, and all of the victims, and all the anger, and all the vitriol, and all the trauma in a town that has been traumatized for 40 years with the thought of evil, with the thought of Michael Myers and the boogeyman and the shape. It just seems unrealistic. And it seems like it well, didn't fit I think that in the movie. I, I think two things. I think one, I mean, and this is another thing that pisses, pissing people off, but in this film, Michael Myers is at the end of his life. Like he is, first of all, old as shit. And he has been through it. Like, he was pretty much on his deathbed in the last film. And, I mean, he's, again, like, this movie, in this in this canon, he's, he's a human. So, while he is, like, pretty superhuman in a lot of aspects, he's still ultimately a man who is going to perish. And so, it, this is a lot about timing. And... The, the like intersection of like meeting somebody who is who has the secret sauce and being like this is kind of it for me so it is time to pass this torch before it was not time to pass the torch I mean evil had a the the essence of evil as they call it had a vessel that was very that was very effective so there was no need to do this transfer and now like the sort of implication is like it is time for this evil to move on and here is a great candidate for it. Um, so I would argue that point kind of specifically when you're talking about like, how has you not met somebody who has been this way before? And I think that the film really tries, I mean, we just talked about it. The transfer of evil isn't just about like, oh, you become Michael Myers. It's about you get infected with this darkness and they really gone out of the way to say like the town really became infected and people that did cross paths with Michael Myers did become infected. It didn't, everything didn't manifest itself in the same way. Like everybody's kind of dealing with that trauma and that like, that like um, exposure to evil in a different way, but it has not, but it it has affected everyone in a really significant way. And like kills did a really like, I mean, that was kind of the whole point of kills. It's like what it was doing to this town and how it was like ravaging them. So it is, it isn't just like, Oh, it's just Corey. I mean, it's, it's bigger than that, and I think you're overlooking all of that. Oh, I don't think I am, because... So here is another point that is plot holy. Yes. <laughs> is, 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 is the evil a virus? Is it spreading? Or is it, like you said, is it looking for a new vessel? Which one is it? Can it be both? No. I tell you why no. Okay. Because if it's one, if it's, if it's the, the spreading, then... 
why does it need an so then Michael Myers's age and his body failing means nothing then it should have tried to spread earlier it doesn't if it's trying to get as many people infected as possible then Michael's age and his body and his stature doesn't matter it should have been its goal if it's if it's like a, an organism if it's a virus it should be looking to live and spread as quickly as possible reproduce like the whole natural thing of every living being every living essence on the planet tries to do so from 1978 it should have been trying to infect new people if that's if that's its goal if it's looking for transference of one from one vessel to another from michael to Corey, then why does he fucking kill Corey at the end that seems like an entire waste of the plot line then You still there? Yeah. Do no, you, do you see my I, point? Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is another one of those things where we could literally talk about this for hours and we can kind of like dissect this in, in major detail. I don't oh, know that we want to spend our time doing One last it. little point is it, it, they make it very clear sure. that when, when Michael kills or when the mm. evil kills, it heals. It's regenerating. So like there's there's a scene where Michael kills Doug and he does like the little orgasm shake. He's like, ooh, he got it back. Yeah, I'm back to being Michael fucking Myers. That's kind of like if if he can heal from killing, then again, he doesn't need to transfer the thing, the evil to a new vessel. Well, I think I think he gets it's part of what's given him sort of this super strength and the ability to withstand things that like mere mortals would not be able to withstand. So it's definitely given him a great amount of power and strength, but I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's endless and eternal. I think there is a limit to that. And I, I think that this in Halloween, the entire franchise has sort of struggled with that. Like we talked about how it is, rooted in reality or it's supposed to be it's supposed to feel as real as it can feel but there is this sort of supernatural component to it and that balance between you know keeping it believable and and really conveying that he is still a man but also making him somebody that like because we want to keep the franchise alive that can come back over and over again and that can withstand incredible damage um you know, that's that's a line that's always been challenging to walk. And I, I think they're just trying to do that here. They're trying to say, like, look, he's definitely more than a normal man, but he is not immortal. And he does have a point to where there is no return. So then that brings me and back I, to I the think- whole, why does he kill Corey? Because he stole his mask? And he said, like, it's- earlier, this evil is not trying to be Michael Myers, yet... Corey is attempting to be Michael Myers. I don't, I mean, I don't know. You're going to hate this answer. So let me just say that you're going to hate it and I'm mm-hmm. aware of it. So we can keep the the hostility to a minimum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that we have to have every single thing completely spelled out for us. I think we are allowed. To, I knew, I knew you were going to scoff. I think we are allowed to, draw some inferences and make some interpretations um my interpretation is first of all that Corey was sort of he he wasn't the guy and maybe there's the realization of like yeah he's not uh he's not the one to carry this legacy so this immortal ancient evil essence that has infected michael myers made a mistake well i think it's that seems weird I don't know it like it saw a connection of like hey you have the potential but I don't know that it's like a god to where it's like I can foresee all and I know exactly how you're well, going to handle but this you like think kind pure of power. evil should be able to recognize evil yeah I can recognize evil but it can't recognize intentional evil. competency well like Corey did what I mean it, it infected a six-year-old Michael Myers so must he, <laughs> must be able to recognize it at a fairly decent range. 
if that's the the canon that they're trying to establish here, I, is that when Michael Myers was probably six when in the in the first movie, like that was. And also, Corey did sort of like, you know, he was like. I mean, here's the thing: it's like if if evil is contained within Michael, but Michael's still human. And it's like the Michael aspect of it, not the boogeyman aspect, but the Michael aspect. It's like, fuck this kid that like came and was like, fuck you, Michael Myers. I'm better than you. I'm going to take your mask. And like, I think Michael Myers is like, fuck you. I'm Michael Myers, you you douchebag, you know? And like, that was like sort of at the end where he came in and he was like, fuck this kid. I'm going to finish this job, you know? And I'm going to come in and be Michael Myers and I'm going to stop standing on the sidelines. That's the sort of like big like moment that we're all waiting for. So, I mean, I think, I, I think both things can be true. And this is what's so, this is the hard thing about something like this, is that when you're in this sort of half supernatural, half real reality, um, I think anything, any film, I would argue that any film that has a supernatural component, like, plot holes are a difficult thing because you're already some, you're already throwing reality out the window a little bit and believability plausibility is stretched right because and plausibility stretched the first time michael myers is quote-unquote killed and resurrects you know like when he can survive the things he can survive and still continue to kill we're already sort of like checking some amount of believability at the door willingly in order to accept the franchise and the premise so you know that's why i'm saying some things it's like Sometimes in films like this, the more you try to explain, the more like hokey and ridiculous it seems. And that's mm-hmm. sort of just an inherent flaw of the the genre, really. And so, so don't I try find to explain a lot of times it. Well, I mean, that's, that was the fault with Rob Zombies. The biggest fault with Rob better. Zombies movies was they try to explore too much of Michael Myers' origin. And part of the thing that made him super badass and awesome was that you just had no fucking clue. He was just pure evil. And trying to explain that kind of lends or takes away from any credibility that has been established or believability or unbelievability. This is why this franchise is incredibly difficult because what you just said, like, it sort of hits nail on the head because, and and I think people forget, people have short memories. In the first one, the very first one. Like he was and, and John Carpenter or? said, yeah, okay. yeah, 78. John Carpenter even said, like, it was never really, and, and this is what he was saying, like, this is what they were kind of trying to return to in this franchise. And again, this is heavily infused by John Carpenter's vision. People forget that too. But in the first one, he was like, it wasn't really ever about Michael Myers. It was all, that's why they called him the shape. Mm-hmm. Because it was about this sort of, like, nameless, faceless, unstoppable evil that exists just because and that's mm-hmm. what made it fucking terrifying right absolutely but because it was so successful and the studio wanted to make more money they forced and john carpenter was not on board whatsoever I know. they forced him to make a sequel mm-hmm. because he knew basically if they're like if you don't somebody else is going to and he kind of had this attachment to mm-hmm. something that was important to him so he's like fuck it i i at least i can if I'm involved, I can try to maintain some integrity of what I what I had. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that Lori became Michael Myers' sister, and he had sort of a reason for being. Now, they didn't explain everything, but they started to give him motivation, right? And, like, as the franchise went on, they gave him more and more motivation, and we got the whole cult of Thorn, Thorn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because the problem with, if you're going to make more films... As cool as it is that he's this nameless, faceless killer that nobody knows what, like, you run out of story. Like, there's nowhere for it to go. The only thing you can do is just rehash it over and over again, and that becomes dull and uninspired and unexciting. So you've got to continue to invent story to keep this franchise going and to give him a reason for being around and for things happening and for these characters coming and going into his life. That's inevitable and essential. And so... You know, that's, it's, it's, you know, people get so upset and they're like, oh no, keep Michael Myers this way. I'm like, but the the entire fucking franchise didn't keep Michael Myers that way. It was just the original. And if we want more films, which we all do, and we all clamor for them, 
we've got to somewhat be open to the fact that you're going to have to add some story and reinvent the wheel and like take things in a different direction. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not, but that is the nature of the beast. So here's why the first thing I said when we started talking about this was wrong place, wrong time. This premise, this movie should have been the first one out of the, like the new trilogy. And then Halloween 2018 should have been the second one. Halloween Kills should have been the last one. Just the way all of them sort of, minus like obviously the, the, uh, the nail in the coffin ending of Halloween ends. If you're going to introduce something like that, it has to be introduced first. You can't do this whole brand new plot line and then end it. It, it felt like an episode of Supernatural. But- it should have just been like, if you're going to establish that this is an evil that is transferable, don't do it in the fucking last one where everybody just wants to see Michael Myers go on a rampage. I, and, and like you said, that we've seen that done before in the other two. But if we hadn't seen it in the first two movies of the franchise or the, the rebooted franchise, then it would have been cool to see in the last one. So another thing, if you don't want to do that, what they, a good transition point for Michael Myers to make his big appearance in this was when Corey steals his mask and he's crawling out of that fucking sewer tunnel. Michael should have grabbed his foot and killed him right then. And then he should have been the one to go on that little spree. And if you want to say that he can see into Corey's soul and he lived, he, the reason he let him survive is he saw him kick this kid off the balcony. If he can see that, then he can see all the wrongs that the other people in the town have done to him. And then that's why he goes on this like revenge spree sort of thing. He could just be absorbing Corey's uh, angstiness and his anger. And he could fulfill it because the evil fed off that and then kind of like a symbiotic relationship. That would have been so much better. And even though the kills would have been the exact same. We would have known it was Michael Myers, and we would have had the satisfaction of getting one last Michael Myers spree before they killed him off. That would have been okay. I would have been okay with that. But to just let it go for another 15, 20 minutes of Corey going on a rampage and then just killing him, it felt pointless, felt useless. Um. Is that fair? And I'm sorry, I'm because I know I'm passionate, so I'm trying to be respectful and give you like like give you a wide berth to mm-hmm. um get all your points out. So that's the the delay. But um look, let me so that we don't talk about this for seven hours, even though I could and, and actually want to. Um I I understand why people feel the way they do. I really do. I understand that it was disappointing and it wasn't what people wanted. Um, I also, at the same time, understand why this was the third one, what they were trying to do and how they were trying to, um, because they wanted to end Mike Myers. They wanted to kill him, or at least the version of him that we've gotten with this trilogy. But they also wanted to set up... um, you know, the next chapter and, and, and give us the satisfaction of knowing, okay, Michael Myers, you know, the human is dead, but his essence is still alive and he's still like, you can't kill the boogeyman is still true. Um, and I think that's why this was the third one. And, and again, like I get that it didn't work for a lot of people. I, and I'm not sitting here saying it was perfect. I'm saying, I think I very much appreciate what they're trying to do. I very much appreciate the effort and the creativity and the risk-taking that they did. And I think that they deserve credit for that, regardless of whether people are like, yeah, it worked or it didn't work. Um, I loved the ending. Um, I know people wanted more of that. I thought it was pretty great. I loved, with all of my heart, Lori in this film. Um, I think she was phenomenal. And I know people say that they didn't get enough of her, but I think it was, I think she was 
perfection. And I don't know, as somebody who loves this franchise, like, sure, like, you know, I, I'm the weirdo who likes kills as well. I love seeing Michael just. I thought kills was the best movie in the, the trilogy by far. Brutally murder people. Like a lot of people hated it, but I thought it was fun as fuck, you know, yeah, it but was. it's like, I guess what I've liked about this trilogy so much is that each of them has a very different vibe and a very different tone. And it's like they pull different aspects of the franchise. And, you know, one film may not have everything, but it's like they have, there's components throughout the entire trilogy. So it's like you get the character development and you get the like exploration of trauma and you get the whole like what it's like to be a final girl after the film ends sort of vibe from the first one. You get the like, Michael Myers just being Michael Myers and brutally killing people, sidelining everybody else and just being like, "That's this is fucking Michael Myers at his best. You get that. And then you get this whole, like, what's the word I look for? Like, the, the sort of, like, bigger, like, what what is Michael Myers? Like, you get sort of the little bit of what, like, Zombie attempted, but in, in a different approach of, like, who is he? What is he? What's his legacy? What happens? Like, because, you know, that's another thing is like, I think had they not ended Michael Myers in a real definitive way where it felt like, okay, this is an ending. People would have lost their minds, you know, but then also people are like, oh, they went too far and they shouldn't, they did Michael dirty and they shouldn't have done that. And he should have, shouldn't have been like destructible. Again, I feel like it's a little bit of like, you can't win situation, but, um, you know, you get sort of the, like his ending, but also like, his legacy and what that meant and stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's perfect again, but I think they were really smart in how they sort of built this trilogy out. And I think there was something for everyone. And I think that it's telling that like, there's most people will either will say like, Oh, I loved one, but I hated two and three, or I love two, but you know, I hated one and three. Um, it's because, because again, like they are so different and they are trying to deliver, different aspects of the franchise um in different films and I, I i don't know again i'm just i'm being redundant here but i respect the hell out of them for that and i i hope that there is a reassessment down the road and people can see what they were trying to do and have a little bit of respect for um what this franchise brought to the table like it's funny like the amount of hate that ends is getting I'm hearing a lot of like i guess maybe we were a little bit wrong about rob zombie and i think people just tend to do that they like have this initial passionate reaction because it's different than they expected. And then as time passed, they're like, you know what? Actually, like, it's not as bad as I thought it was. It was actually pretty brilliant in a lot of ways. And I'm looking forward to that. No, that, the Rob Zombie movies conclusion. will always be hot trash garbage. No offense. Right. Um, but I get what you're saying. I do. And like I said, I, as a film, if this were a standalone movie, it would have been fine. And what they tried to do and what they tried to explore was fine. I had no problems with any of that. My biggest problem with it was, like I said, the timing. They could have established this in the very first one and then revisited it, 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 it in the last one again. Set it up. See, like that's why I said it felt more like an episode of a TV show than a movie. It felt like a monster of the week from the X-Files or something like that where... You, you built up this character and you built up this, this lore, but you ignored it in the first two movies. So now it just feels like it's on its own. It's not a part of a trilogy anymore other than the characters returning, which makes it feel more episodic than it does a movie or part of a trilogy or part of a, something grand. They could have established this evil transference thing in the first movie. They could have at least hinted to it at some point in time, but it was never even a thought. And it feels like uh, Stranger Things season two, uh, in a sense where the creators thought it was going to be a fucking one-off. They thought it was going to be a miniseries and it was going to be, it was going to end after one season. Now they're like, Netflix wants to renew it. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck, we got to kind of establish something here. We got to figure something out. And that's what it feels like with this. Is like, even though they knew they were going to make a trilogy, it felt like after kills, like we don't know what to do. So let's create this new lore, which is fine. You can do that. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying there's nothing. It's inherently wrong to make a uh, a snap decision or even like 
if you plan something out and then still do it, even though it doesn't make sense to the first two, I'm not saying like what they did was an emergency or a snap or a, uh, we need to figure this out now and then just do it sort of thing. It can be planned out and still be planned out kind of poorly, which is how this came off. And I think that's the argument a lot of people are going to have is it just felt so far removed from the other two movies in the trilogy that it doesn't make sense for it to be the last one. Yeah. I think I will just, I know I said I was going to end by saying, but I'm just going to comment on that real fast and say Mm -hmm. that I think that if you hold this trilogy up to the first trilogy and you overlay them on top, um, there are a lot of very similar beats. And I mean, if you look at the third film in the Halloween franchise and you look at the third film in this franchise, although different stories, a lot of similarities there and a lot of the like arguments that you're making about how dare this be the third one in the trilogy and be this different. Um, well, the third one in the original trilogy is very different. Now, granted. Yeah, but I mean, it was a different kind of different. It people off at the time, too. Um, yeah, but it was, it was a different but, kind of different. That would this, The equivalent of this would be like, imagine the first two Star Wars movies are like the Skywalker saga, and then they go fucking back in time to the Old Republic. Same universe, same everything, just like a completely different feel. Because, like, the, the original Halloween 3 Season was... The yeah, but it was a completely, like, different. It didn't take place. There was no... I, the, the, the only allusion to Michael Myers was, like, they watched Halloween 1 or something in it. I mean, it, it did... It is supposed to take place in the same universe. It's just, like, it's a different, you know, story that's happening in the background. Michael Myers still exists in that film. Well, doesn't um, he exist in the movie sense? Like, he, he's... Like, don't they just show, like, clips from Halloween 1 on a TV? Like, it's a movie within the universe. That's the only connection, if I remember correctly, to the, the Michael Myers saga, is that it's, it's a movie within the, the, uh, the movie. I... Because I think he's in the hotel room. Yeah. And he's watching Halloween on the TV. I think that's the only connection to it. So it's like, it's completely off removed. I don't think it's part of the, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Like that was like the, the little, like the thing nudge from the original Halloween. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we covered the basics here. <laughs> I mean, it's been two hours. We've literally been talking about this for two fucking hours. Yeah, I mean... We knew this was going to be a big episode. Not because I want to stop talking about it, because I literally don't. I want to Ain't nobody listening to this point anyway at this point. (laughs) But because I feel like we probably need to stop. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll revisit it at a later time, but... um, Part two next week. I do need to say... I do need to say that, yeah, we probably should have done a two-parter. Maybe we should. Maybe you should just split this into two. Split this into two parts, maybe. Since you're the producer. Um, I, uh, I didn't want to do this, <laughs> but I, I ended up having a good time. I'm glad we, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we talked about it. I think it's important and it's a good, it's a good conversation. And yes. I'm at, at the end of the day, however people feel, I'm glad they're talking about it. And I think that's kind of a win no matter what that, um, you know, at least it, at least it had an impact. It wasn't just like some forgettable piece of shit. So <laughs> I suppose it's better so. than better than it, this you know, podcast. Hey. Oh, wow. Wow. This podcast is a piece of shit. That's yikes. <laughs> Come on. I had to, this has been such a heavy episode. I've had well. to throw a joke or two in at fucking some point. Good Lord. <laughs> All like, right. No. Yeah. Go in and go in and edit some humor into the podcast. Yeah. Like, let's just put do fart a little, like, in. Do it in post. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you start speaking, it's like. Whenever I start speaking, how about yeah. when you start speaking, fucker? No, because no, people only want to hear these dulcet tones. Do they? Okay. Mm. So if yours yours is dulcet tones, what is mine? Screeching nails on chalkboard. Fuck you. <laughs> Monster. Uh, See, evil has transferred into you now. I, I am the origin of evil. Proving the premise of Halloween 3. Nobody can take my evil. Uh, all right, that's that is gonna do it for this. Words are hard. 
So that's going to do it for us this week. <laughs> uh, if you did like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on the Spotify app or on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you do, let us know. Uh, leave a voice memo on Anchor if you still want to do that. Um, yeah, I feel like this would be a good one to to drop your opinions on. It yeah. makes Stephanie cry even more. I feel uh, like this would be a good one to like because people seem to have a lot of opinions. So yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you have a phone or any sort of recording device, you can easily do that. So that's going to be it. Uh, we'll be back at some point in the future. We never know when we're going to get these episodes up, which makes it fun. Right? Because inconsistency <laughs> leads to the spice of life. I don't think it makes <laughs> <Yeah>. it fun. <laughs> Either way. Uh, uh, yeah. So until next time, have fun, take it yes. easy, and fight about movies. <laughs>